Welcome to the Nightmare Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and we are continuing to celebrate our special unreleased week. You're getting to see all sorts of uh, interviews I've done on other platforms, stuff that was only exclusive to our Patreon, which isn't really around anymore, uh, unless you want it back. If you like these shows, you know, let me know. We did our Archer talk through, and today you're going to get the first episode of a comic series. So on Patreon, this was actually a video where I showed the covers and talked about it and everything, but you're getting the audio because it's a podcast. Uh, it's called Comics Gave Me the Runs, where I look at iconic runs and everything. And the first one I looked at is one of my favorite runs in comics. That was Mark Ray, Mark Wade, sorry, Mark Wade and Mike Rarengo's Fantastic Four from the early aughts. Um, this is what one of the two comics that got me back into comics, and it's great and it's wonderful. And I hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you do. Hey, what's up, Patreons? This is Lance, and uh, first off, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being here and being part of our Patreon. Secondly, I want to say welcome to the first installment of our comic book series that is uh, exclusive to Patreon subscribers. It, you know, we have the Archer show, we have the Ben Affleck show, we have the video game show. This is our comic book show. And so I want to officially welcome you to Comics Gave Me the Runs, because I'm not above a poop joke. It just... If, if you're here, especially at this point, you know, you know that. Uh, this is going to be a series where I look at famous comic book runs, and we talk about them, uh, break down the story, what it means to me personally, and what it means to the industry as a whole. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, think, I think you're all going to enjoy it. I want to start this series with the the stories that got me back into comics. And when I say back into comics, you know, when I was a kid, I read comics, 90s, uh, Jim Lee, X-Men, Image Comics, Gen 13, that was my jam, more X-Men and more X-Men. I didn't have a wide, um, <coughs> excuse me, behind the scenes. I didn't have a diverse portfolio of comics when I was growing up. It was pretty much X-Men and Gen 13. And it was funny because I started... We'll get into Gen 13 one day. But I started reading Gen 13 because the uh, the art was good. But then as I got a little older, a little more mature... As I'm doing a poop-themed podcast uh, video thing here. You know, the stories were really good. But... Then I kind of fell out of comics. I was too cool for school, as it were. And in college, later college, um, I rediscovered my love for comics. And there were two series that I can contribute 100% to me getting back into comics. One was Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev's Daredevil, which we will be talking about. But even before that, just a few months before that, it was Mark Wade and Mike Rango's Fantastic Four. This book, this run, I think is one of the most iconic, prolific, wonderful, uh, all the adjectives you can think of when it comes to talking about comics. And it, it's held up, you know, uh, Rango's no longer with us. Unfortunately, Mark Wade is and doing some great stuff. Um, coming back into the fold at DC, he did some great stuff at Archie. Uh, 
in the 90s, late 90s, he had a really huge run, huge, on The Flash over at DC. And recently I finished reading that entire run, and it, it was beautiful. It's great. If you, we'll, we'll probably look at it. I don't have it physically. I have it digitally, so I may have to track it down. Um, before we talk about, because I, I want to show y'all, like, that's another thing. I wanted to let you see some of my collection and the books we talk about. So, that's going to play a big part in it too. But, Fantastic Four. So, this first, very first book. This was... So, Fantastic Four kind of has uh, a running theme of, like, the world's greatest team, world's greatest comic, uh, things like that. Well, they kind of played on that right here with world's cheapest comic. And really for nine cents, I mean, I'm, how are you not going to pick that up? This was October. So October would have been August or September of 2002. Um, and this was the first issue that came out with it. Man. Just looking at the interiors, the ads, the ads that comics used to have, they were all, I mean, here's a fruit by the foot, there was a Cheez-Its, uh, Spider-Man, what is that, Fruitopia, wow, wow, I haven't opened this up in a while, I, I reread this digitally, I own all these digitally as well, that way I don't have to put my grubby mitts all over it, but this book. So, the premise behind this issue, you know, it's a first issue, and first issues are always the the hardest, you know. I, I think it's interesting nowadays, an issue one, or a new creative team coming on, that'd been a $10 book, $8, $7 minimum, nine cents. And, but it worked, it got people in the door and, and checking it out. Um, after that, the price will go up to two twenty five. wow, wow difference 18 years makes um so this this book it it opens with your history of the fantastic four you know previously on fantastic four and then we get the reveal that it's in a pr firm and the further reveal that reed has actually hired this pr firm to uh improve the ff's public image and, you know, they make money off patents and royalties and all this stuff. But he wants them to be prominent in the public eye and to be loved. And this issue, we, there's um, a gentleman from the agency that spends the week with the Fantastic Four, learning what they're about. And he sees all the interactions. Uh, he calls them, you know, Imaginauts. You know, not astronauts, but Imaginauts. And it, it, keeps, it keeps going. Um, and you see so many great interactions with the FF, not only between literally every, you know, whether it be Johnny and Ben, Johnny and Reed, Johnny and Sue, Sue and Ben, Sue and Reed, Reed and Ben, whomever, uh, even Frank and Val, like there's wonderful things going on there. And it wraps up with him going back to his firm and they're pitching this new, very meta uh, Fantastic Four, where they had like this armor and they're extreme, you know, coming off of the 90s, Heroes Reborn, the Image Revolution, Cable, 
not TV cable, TV cable also, but no, X-Men cable. You know, they have all these little pouches and stuff on them. And the, the guy is like, no, y'all don't understand. They're not superheroes. Which is a reference to earlier in the book when he first arrives at the Baxter building. And he's talking to the thing and he's like, yeah, you guys are superheroes. And Ben Grimm, the thing, just kind of chuckles and walks off. He's like, ha, superheroes, ha, 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 ha. And then the guy makes this really big, passionate, empowered speech about how they're a family. You know, if Reed is scatterbrained, but he's always wanting to investigate. He's always wanting to check stuff out. And so he goes, and even if he says, hey, I want to go investigate this or that, whatever, the rest of them drop what they're doing and they go. They go check it out. Because that's what they are. They support each other, you know. Yeah, those, you know, he talks about they'll strike down Galactus or whoever they need to, but they will go and um, help you support one another. And I think that is an incredible thing, you know, that set the stage for this run. That let us know what we were getting into. Mark Wade was looking at the first family of comics as the first family of comics. They just happen to have superpowers as well. And it was the um, best nine cents I've ever spent in my life. I can tell you that. Well, after taxes, it was like 11, 12 cents, something like that. Worth it. Absolutely worth it. It's a beautiful comic. Mike Rango, I, they'd done some work on Flash. Uh, but his art style had developed over the last few years. And this kind of... I hate to say bubbly cartoony because I mean it is it's a light-hearted approach to these characters but especially when we get into like the unthinkable arc and stuff um, it, it offers a sharp contrast as to the action that's going on and it has that subliminal touch where you look at it and you're like oh okay that's kind of bubbly but wait she's missing an arm, wait, there's blood there, wait, they're cut, wait, hold on. And it makes you reevaluate it all. So I think it really complements Mark Wade's writing and uh, what he's trying to do in, in the sense of underscoring the superhero aspect of it. And so you get away from that 90s image comic superhero style. I mean, I love Jim Lee. You know, you had Hush around the same time too. Um, this this is completely different. Like it, it, it's just as beautiful, if not more so, really. And it it's one it's wonderful. It's one of the best first issues. Um, I, I say first issues. I mean, it was issue legacy numbering was four eighty nine. This was back when one of the first times they tried to do legacy numbering, and then it was issue sixty on the upfront. But it was just wonderful. And then it ends with this really sweet moment of Reed tucking Val into bed and telling the story of the Fantastic Four to her about how a man with too much pride, too much hubris, too much ego sacrificed the lives of his friends and family and loved ones um, just to prove that he was smart. And he's regretted it ever since. And so... It tugs on the heartstrings. It really does. You 
you get this and you know just right after you get the whole they're not superhero speech and you're like oh okay yeah 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 then they really hammer home that fact of the family and what they mean to each other and how much they love each other and and then Johnny and Ben walk in saying uh hey we we messed with Billy the Kid um I think it's Billy Kid we messed with the Wild West and now we have to go fix it and so Reed goes and helps them and that's how it ends I don't know that I can say it's the perfect comic because that that's a big title, you know, saying a perfect comic. But it is one of the best comics I've ever read. Not only, uh, I mean, Mark Wade's writing, Mike Rango's pencils, Carl Kessel's lines, um, Eisenhoff's coloring. The whole thing is is just a work of art. It is amazing absolutely amazing and your character beats you know ben Grimm. at one point they're walking down and he's like oh look at these yahoos rapping on the street because he's old school you know he's very much a frank sinatra rat pack old school type and so he sees these guys just free selling on the street well they're rapping about the thing it's like a one page little moment this this whole book is all like one two page mini stories within the overall story and they give him their demo, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I hear you. And then the next panel, he's singing the song to himself. You know, it's, it's just touching. And you don't get that, especially 2002 comics, you know, this is when Marvel was really uh, coming to hot off of the bankruptcy. So they were open to ideas. This is when you got Grant Morrison's X-Men, Mark Wade's Fantastic Four, so many amazing stories were told during this time and you know we'll we'll look at Morrison's new X-Men at, at some point but this issue this this 2022 pages was enough to hook me back into comics and you know, it, this was an award-winning run there were so so many great things uh, that would that would come for this that for nine cents I mean it, it it's a masterpiece, you know. I, I won't go so far as to say perfect, but I will go as far to say masterpiece. It's a, a master class in how to make a wonderful comic. Fantastic Four number 60, number 489, whatever numbering you're looking at, is one of the best comics I've ever read. It was good enough to pull me back in and see how that's worked. Um, 18 years ago. Wow, 18 years. It's wonderful. Uh, to the fact where I plan on only talking about this for a minute or so, and I was going to get into the first couple of arcs in the run, but it's that good. It deserves the time. It deserves the attention. It deserves the praise. It's, it's wonderful, you know. What other book are you going to sit there and read about a guy from a PR firm shadowing superheroes and think, this is what comics are for. This is what comics were meant to be. This is what a Fantastic Four comic was meant to be. That's this story. It's it's so good. Like, I'm not moved to tears, maybe. I don't know. The more I talk about it, I might be. But absolutely brilliant. Go check it out. Um, 
I promise next time we'll talk about more than one issue. But yeah, join us next month when we look at some more Mark Wade's Fantastic Four run. 